So Danny, we've passed Halloween and now we're into November. What's your favorite part of November? Huh, that's a really good question. Maybe it's the part between the Halloween decorations coming down and the Christmas decorations going up. I, I get stressed with clutter and I know, mm. I know all the holiday stuff, all super fun, great, but I do like a few, the few little buffer weeks of no clutter. <laughs> I was going to say, when I think of November, the one word that kind of comes to mind is comfort. Like we ah. kind of transition into comfortable clothes and uh, in a traditional year, we spend time with people that we really want to be around and there's no pressure to buy things necessarily. It's just a nice, comfortable month. It is cozy. I have been under a blanket so far this month. <laughs> There's one challenge though. Anytime you're starting to feel comfortable, do you know what you start to feel like? What? You start to feel like you're going to hear a bell. Uh. So Danny, teachers all across the country have just finished the first term or the first semester in school. How do you think a lot of them are feeling in 2020 as they've just finished that first major hurdle? You know, that's a really good question. Normally I would say like they're finally like getting into their routine and like second term always feels better than first term and it's better than third term when you start like doing all the testing. But this year, it just keeps changing on them. As soon as teachers uh, figure out the rules of the game, uh, it changes. <laughs> so I know a lot of stressed out teachers. <laughs> well, and you can imagine across Utah, how many teachers have gone in person, then gone virtual, then two weeks later, they're back in person. And so there's just a lot of stress that's going on right now. And kind of maybe some teachers may be starting to feel a little burned out on all the change that's happening throughout the course of just the first term. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. Well, today we're lucky that we have a special guest with us who's gonna help us discuss this idea of how to avoid teacher burnout and how to survive all the changes that we're going through. We'd like to welcome Amber Harper to our podcast. Amber is an educator, author, speaker, Google certified trainer and teacher burnout coach. She's the founder of burnedinteacher.com and author of Hacking Teacher Burnout. And she's dedicated to empowering burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilling career and life with her eight step burned in process. She also hosts her own podcast dedicated uh, to action, inspiration and support for teachers dealing with burned out called the burned in teacher podcast. We'd like to welcome Amber Harper to our UEN homeroom. Oh, thank you so much, Jared. I, I'm so grateful to be here. Yay. We're so glad to have you. So, we have a tradition here at UEN Homeroom where you are going to answer some questions from some Utah students. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Okay, here is your first question. Would you rather go to the beach or New York City? The beach. Don't even have to think about it. No hesitation there. Beach vacation? No. Mm -hmm. How about lakes? Oh, well, I live in Northeast Indiana, so that is our next best option. So, yeah, but beach for sure. So I was actually born in Florida and oh. I'm a Scorpio. So I am a water sign. So it's just all around my favorite place to be any beach, anywhere, anytime. I love it. 
Although we should mention that prior to recording, Amber did say that she kind of liked to trip out to Utah one time, even though we don't have any beaches. <laughs> I tell you what, when you live in a place as beautiful as Utah, you do not need a beach. <laughs> it was a life-changing trip for my entire family. We talk about it at least weekly. We'll bring up a memory from that trip. It was just, it was unforgettable. I mean, just we have the Great Salt Lake Beach, if that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just hanging out at the Great Did Salt Lake. Did you miss that beach? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually in Salt Lake City when I was a kid and when I like 15, um, but we had taken a train out west and that was one of our stops. So we weren't there for very long, but sure. we saw a movie. Couldn't tell you what it was, but it was a great city <laughs> for, for an overnight stay. <laughs> All right. Here's your second kid question. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh my goodness. That one's really hard. I would say my favorite kind of restaurant would be any new restaurant. I love trying new food, new ambiances in new cities. I, I love to go to a new restaurant. However, if you're going to be talking about my favorite restaurant in Fort Wayne, where I live. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It would have to be between Coney Island, which is our famous Coney dog uh, restaurant here. It's over a hundred years old Wow! and yeah, it's been around forever. So that's, that's one of our favorites just because it's a lot of memories associated or I do love Mexican food. Mm-hmm. All right. Like the, like the authentic. So in my hometown where I grew up, we have a, a lot of amazing diversity and we have fantastic Mexican restaurants. And we have one that we will always go back to every time we go home. Letty's Tacos, shout out to you, Joe. So. <laughs> that may I be the first that. time we've ever had a shout out to Letty's Tacos. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> All right. And your third and final kid question. What's the best present you've ever given someone? The best present I've ever given someone? Oh my goodness. Can I get cheesy on this one and say my best present has been my presence? <laughs> oh no. Oh my gosh. I cannot tell you. I'm actually a horrible gift giver. I'm a horrible <laughs> gift. Awful. Awful. Um, I think probably my best gift that I ever gave my, my, and I have to go to my husband because he is, uh, extremely hard to give gifts to. So these two are not a good mix. And, um, so I've, the best one I've given him are tickets to a concert or to a comedy show. So I would say, I I like that the experience gift. Oh yeah, exactly. Those are the best ones. So always always nice that you get the second ticket and I get to go. So it is literally my (laughs) presence. My presence is in the present because we get to go together. Don't send him on his own. So (laughs) that's winning right there. Right. I mean, I, that's yes. 100% experience gifts are the best ones. Well, Amber, we appreciate you sharing that. And it's good to know a little bit more about you beyond your bio so that we can find out the really important things, you know, like what kind of tacos you like in Fort Wayne. So (laughs) Ligonier. (laughs) <laughs> it's actually Ligonier, Indiana. So let, let's jump in for just a moment and talk about uh, your, your moniker is the burned-in teacher. Maybe mm-hmm. you can just give us a little sense of what does it mean to be a burned-in teacher? Mm. To put it very simply, 
a burned in teacher is 180 degrees opposite of a burned out teacher. Okay. That's, that's why it's called burned in. So I actually created burned in teacher uh, out of my burnout. And there was a spark of passion and excitement that caused me to create it. And it actually had to do with my job as a Google trainer. And um, I just, I, I woke up with burned in teacher in my head and I just wished and hoped and prayed that it wasn't already taken and it wasn't. And it's turned into a full-blown support system for teachers struggling with burnout. So in long form, uh, maybe longer, I won't bore you to death, but <laughs> a burned in teacher is empowered, supported, organized, more balanced, balance, 100% work-life balance is not possible. That's, that cannot be achieved, but they are feeling more balanced. They have daily assurance that even though they will face hardships, that they have a process to fall forward on or back on. However you want to, you know, look at that situation. They are somebody who is consistently showing gratitude and present in, in the moment. Um, not to say that they don't have moments of stress or bad days, but mm -hmm. they know that when that hardship comes, that they are equipped with the tools to cope and move forward and move through it. Because being a burned in teacher is not about beating burnout. It's about growing through it and paying attention to the triggers that you've been possibly ignoring because you're either a too busy or you feel negative or you feel ashamed to pay attention to those feelings and thoughts and beliefs that you've had in the past. So so it's interesting, Amber, because you described that there was a process where you were kind of feeling that level of burnout and then mm -hmm. you transitioned into this mode that you see as the burned in teacher. Mm -hmm. Maybe tell us a little bit about that journey as you mm -hmm. kind of fought through those feelings to where you're at today. Yeah. So it was actually a 12 year journey, so I won't give you every single detail, but from the day that I started teaching at my first school, uh, I started to experience burnout. And what was really interesting about listening to Dr. Bradley's interview is I experienced toxic culture in mm -hmm. all of my teaching years, um, it, it, whether it be in the grade level that I was teaching in or the entire school. And I can tell you that a toxic culture is extremely difficult to not only seek and find and, and build on, um, on a, a positive attitude towards teaching and education in general, it's almost near impossible. And that's one reason that I'm so excited that I, that I went through my challenges because whenever I wanted support, whenever I wanted a system and a process to help me to move through this burnout and feel truly better, there was nothing other than go for a walk, or get over it. This is the way it is. Go have a bubble bath, go have some wine with your friends. Um, and not to say that those things are not healthy to do, but they're not going to offer a long-term solution to help move through that chronic stress or that chronic right. frustration that consistently creeps up every day when you just try to shove it down and say, no, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to feel these things. I'm not a negative person. I love teaching. This is not okay which is what I did when I rode that roller coaster of all three types of burnout, which I can talk about um, in a minute if you want me to. Yeah, absolutely. So outside of 2020, what would you say are the biggest causes of teacher burnout? Because that is a huge problem that we're having in our field is that teachers go to school to become an educator 
they get into the field and three years later, they're done. So mm-hmm. well, I think something that is really important that Dan Siegel says, and, you know, he works with social emotional learning and especially with young children. Um, but it's definitely applicable to adults <laughs> is if you can name it, you can tame it. And I think one thing mm. that, that is so extremely helpful in, in this process is being able to identify not just the challenges, but naming how it's affecting you and how you're feeling about them. So the biggest challenges are uh, too much to do, not enough time to do it. Things keep being added to my plate and nothing's being taken away. I'm working 12 hour days, five to seven days a week. And um, student behavior challenges with the trauma that students are bringing to school and and teachers not being able to understand or relate or cope or deal with those, those challenges that, that students bring in, which is a whole nother conversation that has to do with our culture of teachers who are teaching these children that come from different backgrounds and cultures than they do. Um, and then also, of course, that negativity, apathy, my administrator doesn't support me. I don't feel supported by my colleagues. They're also negative and apathetic. My students don't care. Um, I work-life balance, you know, so those are the biggest things. And of course, those things have remained the same in addition now to the 2020 challenges that we're seeing. So it's just multiplied and it's no wonder that we continue to see this challenge of teachers leaving because there doesn't seem to be any hope for all of the challenges that are continuing to be, to be put on our teachers. We're here with Amber Harper, the Burned In Teacher, and we will be right back after our first commercial break. Hey, listeners, we have an exciting announcement to bring to you. You've seen us on the web and on TV for years, but now UEN is available in the palm of your hand. Download the UEN app from the Apple Store or Google Play to get all of your UEN essentials. With the app, you can listen to this podcast on demand, watch locally produced segments, share stories to social media, and more. Download the UEN app for free today. All right, we are back with Amber Harper, and we're talking about teacher burnout. Um, Amber, you mentioned that there are three kinds of burnout. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the three types? Yeah, absolutely. So this is actually where teachers begin their journey with me. And that is really, again, like I alluded to earlier, the importance of naming, putting a name to what it is that you're feeling. Because to say, I'm burned out, this is too hard, I'm done, there's no there's no other end game there than to just quit and throw up your hands and say, I can't do this. So uh, through my research, through lots of interaction with lots of teachers and and surveying and, and thinking about my own journey and the things that I really was challenged by when I was in the classroom full time is I found there are three different types. So I call them burned and unbalanced, burned and over it or burned and bored. Okay. Burned and unbalanced is pretty much what it sounds like. It is. And it is by far the most predictable outcome to, to most of the teachers that take my quiz. But, um, so this is too much to do, not enough time to do it, working all hours of the day, burning the candle at both ends, exhausted, stressed, you know, just missing, missing games and practices, sleep, all of those things, because they are just so inundated with, with the work that they are doing. 
And the next uh, type is burned and over it. And this is where the negativity, the apathy, the toxic culture, um, all of these things, both from, both from students, other colleagues, administrators, your own family, um, there's just, there's this negativity that has just overtaken you. And we know that when you are in a culture long enough, you can only sustain your positivity for so long if you have nobody else to truly engage with and help you to move through that negativity. So, uh, so that's burned and over it. Um, and then I have burned and bored. So this is where you seem to have it all together. You're not working all hours. You have great relationships, maybe not perfect. You of course have your challenges. You have your bad days, but you need a change and you don't quite know what it is. You might even feel like there's something wrong with you because you should, in comparison to how all of the other teachers are feeling, you should feel fantastic, but you know that there's something else calling you and you don't know for sure what it is. You know, it's amazing as you're describing these three different areas, because I can honestly tell you, I've had moments of all three in my own life, right? Where you, you just kind of say, hey, there's something that's just not working here, right? And I don't know quite why it's not, but mm -hmm. I'm feeling it. And I can feel it sometimes more often than I used to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think so many teachers, they kind of feel like they're alone in that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really interesting that you say that because I also, in addition to helping teachers to name their burnout type, I then help them to navigate how burned out they are. So I actually have five stages of burnout. And so right there where you're talking about that's stage zero, that's where you are so isolated, so ashamed. There has to be something wrong with me, whether it's if you're burned and unbalanced and you're saying there's not enough of me, I have to make enough of me to do all of this, but I can't, I don't want to talk about this because then I, I sound like I'm complaining or I'm trying to be a martyr or, you know, they just, they wear all of that in isolation where, you know, you can be at a stage zero with your negativity where it's like, I'm surrounded by so much negativity. Everything is just awful, but I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to be that teacher or they do talk about it and they are not being very self-aware of, of where they are in their journey. You know, Amber, one of the things that as you're saying this that I'm thinking about is um, how has it changed now that we have so many options to connect with teachers beyond your building? You know, I think about like when I was a first year teacher, and this is back in the dark ages, but really the only teachers that I spent a lot of time with were the people in my building or maybe people that I went through teacher development program with or something. Mm -hmm. um, now it feels like teachers can connect with so many different people and there's so many different options for them and ways that they can connect and find hopefully the support that they need. Maybe mention or talk about how does personal learning networks or technology help us connect mm -hmm. to maybe uh, not feel so isolated? Yeah. So it's really interesting that question because the connection with the technology can cut two ways. And the one is, that is the most popular is that if you are miserable and you get on social media, misery loves company. Mm. And you can find plenty of outlets that are happy to party with you in that misery outlet. And that has been something that's been very challenging because the teachers that I want to work with, and I shouldn't even say the most, maybe the teachers that need it the most are the hardest to reach because they are so, they're so negative. They have been overcome by this exhaustion and frustration and stress. And they really, they've not been approached in a way that has been, Hey, 
you know, let's, let's talk about this. You're not a bad person. This doesn't have to be the way that it is, but changing those beliefs is very, very challenging. Um, when people are, you know, say to themselves negative things or experience these negative things every day, their brain continues to look for proof that this is the truth and this is abundant and this is all there is and this is all there ever will be. Um, so when they get on social media, a lot of times, even if you get on with good intentions of finding someone to connect with to help you, if you are not able to find that help in 3D in person, it's very challenging as well because that that culture of of teaching is awful. It is the hardest job. Not, not to say that hard things are not, you know, can't also be really invigorating and exciting, but um, it's so hard that it's, you know, we, we create this community of com complaining and venting and victimization instead of empowerment and, um, and positive proactivity. And I'm not talking toxic positivity, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about the kind of positivity that is, this sucks. I hate that you're going through this. I, 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 I just really feel awful that you're, that you're going through this, that empathy, right? But it's hard to find that, but then also find a journey through this where you can speak the same language. And that is where, um, that's where burn in teacher really comes in and fills that void because this, this burned in process is actually eight steps. So burned in is an eight step acronym that then helps to guide teachers through through that burnout to become a level five. So stage zero is totally burned out. Then there are several stages to burn to burned in, which is stage five. And Jared, if I may, you said there are several, you, you feel like you've experienced all three of these in your career. Um, and let me tell you too, you can experience burnout as a parent too. So there have been several things as a mom. Well, we won't I'm even like, get into that. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast. So that's why I say you can become burned in in your career and life because this process is applicable to other parts of your life as well. Because as many times as we are told, you know, you have your personal life and your professional life. I am sorry. I don't know if that's realistic to completely say that you can build a wall between the two. Um, but this is to help you with both of those things. And um, what I was going to tell you too, is that when you're going through those things, stage, uh, I'm sorry, uh, step one of burned in is to begin where you are. And it's really to stop and really try to find that moment that has brought you or those moments that have brought you to where you are now because you can't go forward unless you know what brought you to where you are currently. So it's identifying those triggers um, and seeing, you know, what brought me to this place because this didn't just, I just wake up today and just decide that I'm burned out. Yeah. There are multiple things that have happened over a series of days, weeks, months, or even years or a significant life event that you have not paid enough attention to. Absolutely. So I think, um, social media can be so great for us to connect and see wonderful thing and share ideas, but it also can be a really toxic place. Like you're saying, so if we're not, you know, leaning into our Twitter chats this year, what do you think teachers who are struggling, especially this year in 2020, where we don't get to hang out with friends <laughs> or maybe even see people in real life that don't live under our roofs, um, what can they, what are some strategies to help them re, uh, re-energize? 
Yeah. So I, I have to apologize because I kind of went, I went to that negative place of, of social media, right? There are a lot of positive places online for teachers to find support. There are fantastic Facebook groups. I have one for the Burning Teacher podcast. There's Teachers Connecting Teachers. Um, there's, there are a lot of really positive outlets okay. there. Um, however, that itself can be isolating because you don't know who's there. Like you don't know these people and it's, it's very challenging to build a trusting relationship with people who you, who you don't know. Um, so that in itself can be challenging because we, as humans, we need that human connection and, and it is really, really powerful to have those, those face-to-face connections. So I would say that if you're really challenged by, you know, you either you don't want to get on social media or it just has not been a helpful space for you is to um, lean, you say lean in. And I just listened to a really fantastic podcast uh, with Brene Brown, um, Unlocking Us. She interviewed the authors of Burnout. Did you listen to that one, Danny? Is that the one um, with the twins? Yes. Oh my gosh. It was such a good one. Fantastic. I'm telling you what. For all that, of our podcast episodes, that other podcast, that one, in addition to the interview with Dr. Bradley, I'm like, yes, this is the, these are the conversations we need to be having. So I would say that, um, so what they said in the podcast, sorry, I got a little lost in what I was thinking, but they say, we don't believe in lean in or lean down. We believe in lean on. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really key component because that is something that you do have control over, but it first takes you being really self-reflective and self-aware of what type of people you are attracting into your influencer circle. Right. Because you, your brand will attract other brands of similar teachers. So if you are negative and people know they can come to you and vent and you're just going to throw logs on that fire and man, their blood pressure is here. But I know, you know, we know if we can come together, we can get our blood pressure up here, man. So (laughs) it's, and I always say, if you walk away from a conversation about a challenge and your blood pressure is higher than it was when you approach the conversation, you are having the wrong conversations. Your Mm -hmm. top five influencers should be helping you to gain clarity and focus on solutions. And not everybody wants to hear it. And let me tell you, because I posted about this on Facebook or on Instagram one time, and I did get attacked. Venting is helpful. It's healthy. I'm telling you what, if a kid cussed me out and told me that, um, and I, you know, called me names and I went to you to talk about this and you tried to give me steps and strategies to keep it from happening again, I would never talk to you again. Wow. And I'm thinking, good, mm-hmm. I'm not your person because I'm not going to allow you to keep going through that because I would be asking you questions. Well, how did she come in in the morning? What was her day like? You know, is this, per- is this personal? Absolutely not. Something happened. What did, what was your conversation before this? So it's really about building a system of support around you. And that's why I say a burned teacher is supported. That's not to say that you don't work for an administrator that maybe truly is jaded and and doesn't, you know, doesn't take the time to build a positive culture, but that you are attracting people with your mindset, your beliefs, your thoughts, your actions. And that's called teacher brand. And that's actually you and burned in is understand your teacher brand. So I'm sorry, Jared, you wanted to say something. No, no, you're good. One of the things that I'm just, as I'm hearing this, it it sounds like it's so important for teachers to be self-reflective when they're going Mm -hmm. through these moments. Because like you said, 
if I'm not self-reflective, I'm going to find myself going through the same, I don't want to call them bad habits, but I'm going to keep trying to answer my questions or my problems the same way. And I'm never going to find the solutions because I'm always going to the same sources for the answers. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Cause like Danny and I right now have spent a lot of time working on uh, coaching lately mm-hmm. and that positive relationship that a coach can have, as you mentioned, a coach is somebody who allows you to share some of your struggles, but it can't just be an hour gripe session every time you get together. Mm-mm. Maybe tell us a little bit about how district supports like coaches and administrators can help. Yeah. So it's interesting. So there are a couple of things. So I know you, you all love technology. So I kind of compared a little bit to the SAMR model. So mm-hmm. it's that, that reflective tool of where you, you know, you, you do fall into habits and we have good habits and we have bad habits. And here's the interesting thing is that everything we do on a daily basis, most of what we do over 40% of what we do every day is a habit. And those can be conscious habits or unconscious habits. You know, it can be from brushing your teeth to how you react to a challenge or hardship. And I, actually, it's interesting because we reflect on our challenges and then we nurture our strengths and habits. That's R and N and burned in. So it's really about you have some gut check moments with yourself in this in this process because, you know, a couple of quotes here. I'll throw some more out. So everybody wants change, but they don't want to change. And unless you start with yourself and really think about how you're creating and manifesting or, you know, bringing these things into your life, you can't, you can't really look outwardly unless you work, you work inwardly first. Um, So it's thinking about your story and the way that you're talking to yourself and, um, and then moving from there, you know, another one quote that I love is your biography becomes your biology. So, you know, when you continue to tell yourself these things over and over and over again, this is awful. I can't stand these kids. They're so rude. They're not like they used to be. This is impossible. Well, that becomes your reality. And then your body's going to react to it. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be stressed. You're not going to sleep well. You're going to be negative. And it all becomes habitual based on those stories and beliefs that we're telling ourselves. Um, I apologize. Did I answer your question or did I go off on a tangent? (laughs) Um, Well, no. And that's part of what we're talking about, right? Like Mm -hmm. the average person can't see the patterns that they're getting themselves into unless they pause for a moment. And like we say, go to another source, maybe somebody that's not Mm -hmm. in your, your click in the building or your, your tribe on social media and see if you can work with them a little bit to find solutions. Well, it's interesting because uh, something else that, and this is why I'm telling you, Dr. Bradley and I've got to get on Zoom together because she said something about identifying your core values as a school and continuing to come back to those. That is so important. And what she's talking about is then she also talked about as a school talking about how you want your students to feel and talk about you as, as a class, as a school, as a grade level, what she's talking about is your legacy. And not only do we have school legacies because students will talk about you for years to come. I can tell you about Mrs. R who made me feel so important in high school when I was going through a very challenging time in my life. I almost can't talk about it. I appreciate her so much because she connected with me on a human level. And therefore I wanted to respect her. I wanted to do well for her, but I had Mr. F when I was in eighth grade who didn't give a crap about me. He, he cared about our outlines being perfect line by line by line. And I'm telling you what, my biggest focus was who could I cheat off of right before class so I could just not get yelled at. 
And that's a legacy. And I'm not judging them as people, but honestly, with the work that I do now, I, I feel, I, I just wonder what was, what was their life like? How was it different? Who did they hang out with the most? What was their life like when they went home? Did they have hobbies outside of teaching that, that lit them up? Um, that legacy is so important because that legacy will live on when we're no longer around, whether that be simply at that school or, or around in, in, in general in, in the path of life, you know? Um, so I thought that was really interesting because it's so true and that, that branding sticks with you and it's very, it can be challenging to, to break a brand that has been harmful, um, even harm, most harmful to ourselves. Right. Um, sure. but it can be done. It can be done. Uh, but it takes asking yourself those gut check questions and really truly thinking about what legacy do I want to leave here? Absolutely. Amber, I think your ideas have been so refreshing to hear. I'm wondering after listening to this podcast, where can our listeners go to learn more about you and about the burned in teacher? Oh, thank you. That's such a great question. Um, so burnedinteacher.com is, is my website. You can find me on all social media platforms at burned in teacher. I do have a burned in teacher fa- uh, podcast, Facebook group. So you can go to facebook.com slash group slash burned in teacher and request to join. But the best step to take to start this journey to grow through your burnout is to take the quiz. Um, you'll then get the stages ebook in your in your inbox um, to help you to move through these stages uh, and to know what you can think, feel, and start to say, even verbally, uh, to help you to move through those stages. And um, and then of course, you know, hackingteacherburnout.com. That's where you can learn more about the book. And that actually walks you through step by step what it is to be a burned in teacher and to truly stop fighting against these feelings that truly matter. They matter and they're there for a reason. And it's a call for change and growth. And we have to start having different conversations. Um, so, so the book is just everything that I've been working on for the past, gosh, four and a half years now. So wow. um, yeah. And there's no better time. I mean, what better time to truly to, to look deep into why we're challenged than in a challenging situation. Because if we can make it through this and we have these strategies to keep moving forward, we can make it through anything. Oh, I just got chills. I just Mm -hmm. want to be through 2020. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. We'll make it through. We will. It's temporary. It's temporary. And I think that's hard in, in such a deep, dark time to to believe that it is temporary. And that goes back to becoming mentally strong and talking to yourself. If you don't talk to yourself in a different way, you can't talk outwardly in a different way either. So I'm sorry, I could go on forever. (laughs) Well, I I can tell you, I've been doing a lot of talking to myself these days. So now I've got some strategies though to make it more productive self. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know that 95% of the thoughts you thought yesterday, you're thinking today, right? And that 80% of those are negative. Oh my goodness. That is why it's why am so, I so mean to me? It, you're so mean to ourselves, right? And well, that's where that internal dialogue can make a world of difference. Um, so I talk about that in, in understanding your teacher brand and where you really have to start with how you talk to yourself. Um, because if you don't change that, you can't change anything else. Uh, well, Amber, we, re- we really appreciate your time and sharing some really great advice for all of the teachers, not only in Utah, but wherever we, uh, we happen to find each other. So uh, we really, we really appreciate you sharing some of the great thoughts about how we can be good to ourselves, but also how we can be good to the kids by being good to ourselves. So true. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amber. 
Thank you. So, Danny, do you want to give the uh, laser teacher tech tip for today? Ugh. Do we have to do a tech tip today? Well, this is kind of a podcast about technology, I so mean, it might be useful. I just I just don't have anything today. I'm tired. My brain cells are not firing. I don't I don't want to. Do you want to? All right, Jared, I am here to solve your latest tech problem in today's lazy teacher tech tip. You have a battery that will never die. No. But I am going to help you with your AirPods. So do you want to tell everyone the problem you have with your AirPods? So earlier while we were recording this interview, I started to hear that and I got down to where I could not hear out of my AirPods anymore. So I had to switch to a different set of earphones. Which is not a quick process. Those of you that have AirPods know that like switching from one to the other or turning Bluetooth on and off It's a whole process. He delayed everything for us. So I'm going to save his life and me time by teaching you how to save battery in your AirPods. So what you do is you never use two AirPods. You always just have one AirPod in your ear and the other one charging in the case. And then when this one starts getting low, you switch it, change it, rearrange it for the other one. Okay, so wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me, because my daughter always has one AirPod in her ear at at all times. I thought she was doing that so she could pay attention to what we're saying. No, no, she's not trying to pay attention to you. She's trying to listen to her music and not listen to you for longer. I really thought she was being present. You're telling me she's extending the amount of time that she can be absent. Yeah, exactly, because she is a genius. So there it is. There's your lazy teacher tech tip for the week. So Danny, we just finished our conversation on being a burned in teacher. So maybe, maybe tell me something that stood out to you in that conversation with Amber. I really liked um, Amber's stance on like being a problem solver, not just like wallowing in the challenge that you're facing. Although I will say, I love Amber's advice. I'm still going to keep my person that I whine to. And they can be separate than my like influencing circle, but I still need the person that I know that I can whine to and they're going to whine as well. I I, I think I'm going to keep that. What about you? So I want to mention one thing that you just said, because that's important. Like you need to have people that you can trust, but they may not always be the best person to help you progress, right? Like you're saying that person, that person that you can just say whatever you need to say to but they may not be the person that helps you overcome your challenges all the time. I get what you're saying there. One of the lines that Amber used that I absolutely loved when she said, if you can name it, you can tame it. Because I think a lot of people suffer through feelings of inadequacy or feelings like they can't do this job and they just don't know why they're feeling that way. And they just, a lot of people, unfortunately, they just say, I just need to change. I just need to have a career change. And we've talked about this so much this year with coaching and different things. We just need people and strategies in our lives that can help us understand what we're going through and find ways to battle through it. Absolutely. And I do think, uh, you know, this year is an aberration. We will all get through it. Um, But it's nice to surround your people, uh, yourself with people who are solution oriented and who are there to love you and help you through everything. 
Well, Danny, I hope that you and Fernando know you're part of my people. Aw, that's so nice. Yeah. You guys are totally my people too. Yes, you well, guys are too. There you have it. Aww, oh, he even he even put on his mic. Yes, Fernando. <laughs> if we can get Fernando to talk, then Amber's really made an impression on our podcast today. Oh yeah, she was point. amazing. Wasn't she great? Yeah. All right. Well. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks, everybody. 